It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 708-63 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your landscape. And if you're listening right now, helping you get around Atlanta. We'll have a couple of weather or traffic, I should say, updates here in the next few minutes because things are looking pretty dicey on the west side and downtown on the connector going northbound. Check around. We'll have it right here on News Talk WSB as soon as we know anything more to tell you when things are opening up or, worse yet, closing down. Anne is in Greensboro, and Anne joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Anne, good morning. Morning, Walter. How are you? I'm fine. How can I help, Ann? Um, so I moved. I have uh, five Clieras that were about three foot wide and about four foot tall. And they were next to my house for four years. And I moved them about, I don't know, 20 feet away. Yeah. And the deer ate every leaf off of every mm. one. Right. So my question is, um, if I just fertilize the stew out of them, do you know that? <laughs> That's a, is that a southern way of fertilizing, fertilizing the stew <laughs> out of the um, At least you could fertilize the soup out of them or fertilize the broth out of them or something like that. Um, fertilizing will help, but I'm not sure that it's going to help any more to put, you know, 10 pounds of fertilizer instead of one pound or something. Yeah, I think fertilizer is going to help clear or come back. Um, how much? What fertilizer do you have? Miracle Grow or Osmocote or Ten 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 or what do you think? I have whatever flavor will make it best. Go get some Miracle Grow. Okay. Ashley and I were talking about the difference between fast release and slow release fertilizers earlier this morning, and I said, "Now Miracle Grow or things like that, when it goes into the ground, the plant is immediately able to take it up and do what the plant wants to do. So Miracle Grow would be the fastest thing to release the nutrients into the plant leaves, and I guess that's what to do." Uh, I guess here's the really bigger question. Will they eventually come back, period? Generally speaking, I think they will. Clear is a tough shrub. It's not one of those okay. shrinking violet oh, kind of shrubs. So, yeah, I think it would. Okay. Good to know. Let, let me, one more thing good to know, Ann, is that I, when I was with the Master Gardeners in Fayette County, one of the Rose people down there, they have a big South Metro Rose Society, and one of the Rose people was in the audience, and we were talking about this thing. How do you keep deer away from your garden plants? Uh, and okay. she said that she'd had the most success with uh, liquid fence. She said it sticks on the leaves <laughs> a little bit longer. You don't have to reapply it quite as often as some of the other things. But she yeah. really felt like liquid fence was a good thing. You've probably heard me talk about melorganite, the fertilizer, but it yeah. also seems to repel deer sometimes too you can try those in combination with uh, the fertilizer for the clear and we'll see what happens okay all right thanks much thanks for calling Ann. it's I 10 minutes it. past the hour and let's see we go to steven in austell you're on news talk wsb steven good morning uh, good morning walter how are you sir i'm fine how can i help well i have uh got a, a problem with chipmunks yeah we purchased a, a house that was built in 68, about a year and a half ago. Renovated, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy has about 20 acres. Yeah. And I have uh, tried to, every step on the internet, yeah. uh, uh, traps this, you know, on the, uh, well, it, I think I got to a point maybe uh, uh, before they went into this semi- hibernation, <laughs> yeah. 
by using one of those big rat traps, just like a regular rat mouse trap with uh, peanut butter and mm-hmm. some flower seeds. Well, let me but let I, me stop I, you right oh, there, Stevie. Let me stop and make a comment here, and that is this: number one. Okay. I have to remember, as a person who's saying things over the air, that sometimes the stuff I say has aspects of legality in it. And strictly ah. speaking, chipmunks are a protected animal in Georgia. And so I am not going to tell you to go out and kill chipmunks. Other gardeners may do it. You may do it yourself. But don't, you know, don't publicize this to the DNR and the game people. That. So they are a protected animal. But I will say that other gardeners have told me that using a mousetrap is sometimes uh, appropriate for their particular situation. But i got to tell you something else, David. Chipmunks, their population really fluctuates during the year. During the wintertime, uh, there might be two or three doing their semi-hibernation, right. we said. But then in the summertime, as they breed, the population builds. There'll be a lot of them. And then as dogs and cars and disease and eagles and hawks and things come and yeah. eat them, then their population dro- drops back down. So... Unless you really, really, really have a million out there, which I doubt, sometimes the better thing to do is leave them alone. But if you really feel like there are nuisances in there, consult with your other gardeners. I did not say anything about killing chipmunks, but do whatever you need to do and talk to your other garden friends and see if you can do that. Um, again, their population ebbs and flows, it waxes and wanes, so whether control is really necessary other than what natural forces do. I'm really not even sure about that. But Stephen, thanks for your call. we got to get out of here. Do we have a traffic update? Yes, we do have a traffic update. we got traffic problems all over Atlanta. Veronica Harrell will keep us updated. This is a breaking traffic bulletin from the WSB 24-Hour Traffic Center. At 713 in the Courier, Courier WSB 24-Hour Traffic Center, gridlock alert continues over on the West Wall, 285 northbound at I-20. We've been dealing with this one for almost two hours now. It's a fatal crash involving two tractor trailers. At one point, they had all lanes shut down. Now only one lane is open on the West Wall, 285 northbound at I-20. The traffic is gridlocked in the area. Please try to avoid it. We do have motorists trying to go up the exit ramp. Do not do, do that. Police are on scene and they are ticketing motorists. Some good news though, 75 northbound just before Northside Drive. Finally, that crash is now open, but traffic is still slow go as it tries to recover. I'm Veronica Harrell, WSB. Morning. Don't forget, throughout the morning, we'll have further traffic updates. Veronica Harrell is doing yeoman work in the traffic center right across the aisle from me right here, trying to do TV, radio, and the breaking news. We have it right here on News Talk WSB. Fran is in Stone Mountain. Fran joins us. Lawn and Garden. Hey, Fran, good morning. Uh, hi, Walter. Um, I have a question on St. Augustine. Yeah. Um, looks like it had a tough winter, and it looks like I'm going to have to replace probably a whole pallet or two. Ooh. But there's been other things. We had a fire in our storage shed, and I think the heat on the grass uh, might have killed some. Plus, right. we had uh, a bad um, caliga weed, I think they call it. Hmm, so my lawn sure company was treating is, it, and I was treating it, and I thought, well, maybe that was too much weed killer, plus all the other things. Plus, we had a mole running through there, too. <laughs> so <laughs> just You know like, the story oh, of Job in the Bible, of course, Fran, and Job didn't have quite as much as you have going on, I don't think, with oh his Oh, my goodness, moles. I know, and it's one whole area, and my lawn company is coming out on Monday to treat the rest of the lawn, but I thought maybe they should not put anything on that area at all. Is that true? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard, Fran, for me to tell you 
what caused the bare spot there. And unless I know pretty closely to uh, the full force about what went on there, it's hard for me to say you should do this or you shouldn't do that or the lawn company should or shouldn't do the other thing. Okay, so, I thought maybe, you know, we'd kill around it. Was there any sign of this area that you're noticing now? Was there any sign that it was declining last year in the fall? Not really, just in some spots. Um, because, like I say, we were trying to kill the caliga. I yeah. think they call it caliglia weed. Still don't know um, what that weed is, but if it made you unhappy, we know it's a weed. But I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. That. Well, that's but what the you know, this that said, if you feel like the Saint Augustine is not coming back, if you get mm -mm, down on your hands not. and knees and look at all the um, area that you have there that's thinning out, and you just don't see anything green, Saint Augustine mm -hmm. should be greening up some. Mine's about fifty or sixty percent green right now, so. If you just don't see anything, then no, I guess, yes, nothing. we need to make sure the ground is tilled up and add your sod uh, to it, and it'll look real pretty. But one of the things that I am becoming more aware of, because I've got it in my lawn, is chinch bugs. And that's why I asked, did you see any damage last year? Because chinch bugs are particularly noticeable in lawns sometime in August and September, where they have big bear patches, basically, where they've killed the crown of the leaf by sucking and feeding on it, and chinch bugs you control with insecticides and not with anything else. So anyway, bottom line, friend, I don't know what's causing the dieback. I hope your landscape company that's there on the spot can figure out what's going on to a reasonable sense of accuracy. Chinch bugs is something to think about always with St. Augustine in Atlanta, and water staying in one place for a long time is also pretty bad and pretty common in Atlanta as well. But try as many theories as you can to get as close to the truth as you can, too, because honestly, there are just too many things for me to, to go through the whole list of them and tell you what might or might not cause the dead patches on the St. Augustine grass. That said, cold weather generally has not killed anything in the St. Augustine lawns in Atlanta, so I don't think it's cold weather. It's something else. You get the unenviable job of figuring out what it is, friend. Coming up in the next half hour, Laura's in Mableton has a redbud, a particular kind of redbud called Rising Sun, which is a gorgeous tree. Sharon in Marietta has knockout roses that might have gotten bitten by the cold. Walter in Jasper wants to know about putting oil on his apple trees and how that will affect bees. And Lisa in Atlanta needs a grass for part sun and tough for dogs to grow on. So we'll figure all those out just in the next few minutes. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. If you're fertilizing your lawn, today would be nice to get out between the rainfall, put the fertilizer out, and then let the rain slowly water it in for your grass. We'll have Ashton Ritchie from the Scotts Company here a little bit later to talk about how to fertilize lawns and what you could be doing with your lawn. But the temperature today, basically it's going to be cloudy, 50% chance of rain, afternoon highs in the mid-70s. Overnight, still cloudy, lows in the low 60s, and a 100% chance of precipitation. Stay tuned. You get your full weekend forecast in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Laura is in Mableton, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Laura, good morning. Good morning, Walter. So this rising sun redbud tree, yeah. is this a tree that would be successful for my neighborhood here? I don't see why not. Is the rising sun is the one with sort of a yellowish pinkish uh, variegation on the leaves, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Does it carry, like, fruits that drop? Well, yeah. Um, the fruits, oh. uh, you may not know this, but redbuds are members of the 
bean family, and so they oh. will have beans on the redbuds. Some redbuds that I see in the neighborhood have scadillions. That's a good horticulture <laughs> word. They have scadillions of seeds dropping from the redbuds, and some are sort of shy. They don't have many coming from them, but occasionally you'll have pretty good uh, seed drop on the native redbuds. I don't know about the uh, rising sun, whether that will or won't. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. You know, Walter, there's a new impatient called Redbounds that's supposedly downy-free. That would be fabulous. I bounce. didn't know that. Bounds, yes. And where do you see it? Big you... bounce, rather. Is that? Oh, that's one of those um, crossbred, one of those hybrids between yeah. regular impatients and the New Guinea impatients. I right. don't know off the top of my head any of the variety okay. names, but I know that's one of the things being promoted as being resistant to downy mildew yeah. and you can plant it and hopefully not have your impatience well, wiped out. Okay, I'm going to check out that rising sun redbud. Yeah, redbuds are really, really pretty or yeah. have been this year. I think most of the flowers are gone on them now. But redbuds being a native plant and so people have worked on the variations of the leaves and breeding new plants that are variegated. They've worked a little bit on where the flowers appear. Some are out towards the tip of the limb. Some are sort of down into the trunk of the tree. Um, you've got the purple leaf forest pansy which has been out for 10 or maybe 15 years already and so there's lots of breeding work done on red buds because they just have a lot of potential for making more and different things i guess in the landscape including having sort of yellow and pink leaves on them like your rising sun does thanks for calling laura i enjoyed talking to you about that if you have a question about how you can maintain your lawn as i mentioned ashton ritchie will be here in a few minutes and he can answer questions about fertilizer and weed killing and what kind of grass is best for your lawn all that covered up in the next uh, hour or so let's call it it's 727 and one half at news talk wsb a reminder that if you don't subscribe to my email newsletter, you are missing something that comes every two weeks to your email box. It's completely free. And we have all sorts of pictures and problems that I diagnose and all sorts of things that help you be better in your garden. If you want to subscribe to it, go to WalterReeves.com. Up in the right-hand corner, it says subscribe to newsletter. And all we need is your zip code and your email address. And if you want to unsubscribe, you can do that without penalty at any time. While you're there, you can follow me on Twitter at Walter Reeves or you become a Facebook fan. Just click on the little blue icons down in the middle of the page and you can be on Twitter and Facebook and get stuff all during the week, three or four posts during the week as well. It's 728 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back right after this. The Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 936, 63 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you and you and you over there driving around 285 and you stuck in traffic downtown. We're here to help you be more successful in your lawn, your landscape, your flowers, your trees, your pest control, whatever you have a question about, you need to give me a call this morning at 404 872 
0750. And today, a special treat. We're joined by our friend Ashton Ritchie from the Scotts Company. Ashton, Ashton is officially retired from the Scotts Company, but somehow he still is associated with the Scotts <laughs> Company. Is that right, Ash? Yeah, I'm, I'm retired, but uh, just doing a little, little bit of fun stuff, like being here with my yeah, brother, yeah. Walter Reeves, my good brother, Walter Reeves. It's sort of like me in Extension Service. I worked for Extension for 30 years. I retired from Extension, but I'm still sort of doing you will always be right You'll here. always be Extension to a lot of folks yeah. and, uh, and, and as part of it, Georgia, for sure. So, anything happening? Uh, one of the things that's unique about Ashton and our guest is that he lives down in Serenby, in Chattahoochee Hills, south of uh, Palmetto, or down near Palmetto, I should say. So, anything going on down at Serenby? There's so much stuff going on down there. Every, you know, there's there's uh, there's something called Chat Hills Music. So, so we always have some music down there once a month, yeah. and uh, there's just this. But I tell you what, it's been raining. It has been raining, baby doll, <laughs> and the grass has been growing. It has indeed. Been I can't. Growing. I haven't been able to get out there to mow it. It's. Uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to get a goat or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they got that farm next door. You can get a goat from there. Rent a goat, come in, and do it, or it'll be sort of the uh, natural way of mowing the grass in your. In but your I, but my ve- my veggies. Uh, I've got stuff that didn't come up. I think they rotted in the soil oh or something. Gosh. You know, we yeah. just have had so much rain. We've I, had a ton of rain. I got put tomatoes from a company, ooh, it was like three or four weeks ago. They shipped me these tomatoes to try out. I right. don't have a greenhouse. I don't have a place to protect them. I went ahead and planted the tomatoes outdoors, and they got frozen back to the top six right. inches of the right. stem. Ashton, they're coming back. I yeah. got little tomato sprouts coming up off the stem in the lower part right there. I couldn't believe how yeah. the tomatoes would recover after cold days. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. No. Were no. these grafted or were they just, no, reg- they're regular, okay, just regular, regular tomatoes? regular old tomatoes there. So we'll see. Let's go to the phones. We've got lots of people talking to us, and Ashton can help answer questions this morning. Our good friend Walter up in Jasper, Georgia, joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Walter, good morning. Uh, good morning to you, Walter. How can you know, we help? A couple of questions. A couple of years ago, I got, took your advice about a grafted apple tree I planted. Yeah. The apple tree just sat there for a couple of years, locally, not blooming, but this spring it has bloomed profusely. Good. My, co- my question is, I've been using, prior to the blooming, I've been using a one-night, all-seasons horticultural spray oil on Good. it. Good. And, of course, it has a booklet with the uh, container that gives about 15 different uh, bugs it kills. I'm wondering if it's going to do anything to pollinating bees. There are lots of people who are driving around or listening to the show who are not quite sure what you said, that you put oil on an apple tree? What in the world is that yeah, about? Yeah, it's called All Seasons Horticultural Spray Oil. And it is something that suffocates insects. It's really, really good to apply during the dormant season when insects that are sort of hiding underneath the bark get suffocated by this oil. And it doesn't hurt trees in the least. And Ashton, in my knowledge, it wouldn't hurt the bees. I mean, bees are reasonably smart. They'll get out of the way when the oil is sprayed on the tree. Yeah, I, 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 I've been using I, I always use it as a dormant spray, but uh, uh, I'm not sure. You know, but it, it claims it says use it year-round, yeah. you know, evidently even when the, the tree is blooming. The use it year-round is there because there used to be a couple of different kinds of oils, one in particular called Volk, V-O-L-C-K, oil. And if you uh-huh. sprayed Volk during the growing season, it would scorch up those leaves, something fierce. But uh, new refining techniques and new ways of making those horticultural oils mean that there's some now that you can spray in the winter, you can spray it in the spring, you can spray it in the summer as well, and they don't hurt the tree when you spray it on them. Okay, one more question concerning that particular apple tree. It, it's blooming profusely. I wondered if I should be plucking off some of the blooms to reduce the, you know, the number of apples it produces. Not yet. We try not to count our chicks before they hatch on the show. <laughs> and even though you got a lot of flowers, yeah, we don't know quite yet how many got pollinated and will form apples. And so, generally speaking, you wait till sometime in mid to late May and see how many apples you have on the tree. You may have a 
a regular, quote-unquote, regular harvest of them, or you may have just lots and lots and lots of little apples, and they will need to be thinned. So try to get, what, about four inches, five inches maybe between the uh, apples so they don't touch each other, and that gives you the right ratio of fruit to leaves on the tree and keeps them from just all being real small when you try to harvest them. Okay, well, that answers my questions. Thank you very much, Walter. Walter, it's great talking to you, one of my namesakes. And, right. you know, one of the things that I have done, Ashton, is uh, on Facebook, I have looked up all the Walter Reeves in the United States, and I've added them as my friends on Facebook. So I get Walter Reeves, the guy over in Alabama, <laughs> Walter Reeves in uh, Illinois. i got lots of Walter Reeves, and it comes up on my Facebook page of what they're doing. And <laughs> That is great. That's just what I do. Lisa <laughs> has a question about grass. Lisa in Atlanta joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Lisa, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? So it's great you could ask a question of Ashton because he's the grass expert in this room right now. So what do you need to oh, know? Perfect. Well, I have two German Shepherds, first of all, and I got a high traffic area in my backyard. It's a pretty big area. Um, I have fescue everywhere. Normally fescue does good, but they basically worn this grass down. So now I have a huge bald spot in my backyard. And we've tried to um, put down a pallet of fescue, and then we also bought seed and put seed down for Bermuda. And this year, it's very sparse, um, basically going to have to start all over. So I was wondering what you would suggest to put down in a high-traffic area that would be really durable. Uh, the first question I have, is this sunny, a sunny area or a shaded area? Yes, it gets, it gets morning sun. So for how long? Day, full sun. Morning um, sun for three hours or morning sun for seven hours? Probably six, six, or six to seven hours a day. It, well, you, it's likely that uh, that both the, both the fescue and the Bermuda would grow there, but, uh, you know, the Bermuda is going to be pretty tough. Yeah. Um, okay. And, and you're coming up on a time where you can seed the Bermuda. Um, you know, the, the, the thing that the thing Bermuda doesn't like is shade, yeah. and okay. and and fescue appreciates some shade, and so th- they can coexist. Uh, you know, th- one other thought is uh, uh, a lot of folks are successful uh, creating an area for the for the, a dog that might be mulched or uh, you know maybe not try to grow grass. Uh, in in the area, if, if, if this is along the side of a fence where the, maybe the dog likes to run back and forth and everything, maybe creating a mulched area there, uh, then you wouldn't be fighting it all the time. But uh, yeah, one no, of the, this one is of like the right that, when you come off the deck. I mean, it's the prime area of the backyard, yeah. but it's the highest traffic, of course. Well, Ashton men- mentioned mulching, and I have a friend who is a landscape architect, and he says that he uses the slate chips. You get little chips of slate. You buy them by the truckload or uh, go pick it up in a trailer or something like that from a landscape supply place. Not a nursery, but a landscape supply yard. And those uh, slate chips seem to do really, really well as a coating that doesn't get spread all over everywhere. Doesn't get washed like away. Chips yeah. wood doesn't get washed away. Um, oh, okay. So consider doing that where the dogs are just running all the time because I doubt you'll ever get any grass to live in a place where dogs, labs, or German shepherds, I mean, are running all the time. It's just too compacting. Yeah. The grass just can't live in that situation. So mulch makes a lot of sense. Okay. All right. Um, now, if we did want to try grass one more time, you would suggest Bermuda? Bermuda. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah. Obviously, when you're trying to seed it and trying to get established, it's going to be tough for the, uh, you know, if the dogs are yeah, out there. Yeah, we would block it off. It off. We would definitely, if we if we blocked that area off so they couldn't be on it while it was established in itself, 
um, I wonder if it would be better to start it. Would that would it have a better chance if we started it? Yeah, it yeah, it, it would definitely be definitely be faster. Okay. But do but right. do some soil prep before you put the sod down. Don't yeah. just put it down on the tough on the hard soil. It's already right. hard enough for the dogs running back and forth. So sod put on top of hard soil is not going to survive there. So you have to do some soil prep, as Ashton said. Dig it up, make it loose, put the sod down, and then keep the dogs off it for a while until they until they. Uh, and, and put down a starter lawn food with the sod. Yeah, good idea. Starter fertilizer with the sod. Put it down, and hopefully in a month or two you can let the dogs on it. and They won't tear it up quite as much as it had been. But I think. Yeah, ash and sod probably is the very best thing to try, at least to use there, and maybe those slate chips as a mulch if you have places you just can't keep the dogs off of. Sharon is up in Marietta, and she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Sharon, good morning. Good morning, Al. Um, Ashton, how are you doing? I'm good. How can we help? Good. Well, Ashton, you're my namesake because my maiden name is Richie, spelled the same way. Oh, is that right? <laughs> well, uh, maybe uh, you know we'll have to do a Facebook thing like Walter just did with every Walter Reeves in uh, in the U.S. and all the Richies in <laughs> Georgia. Yeah, that would be awesome. What's up, Walter, Sharon? I waited a little too late to prune my roses um, in March, mm-hmm. and um, they were already leafing out. Sure. And all of my roses did fine, except for a group of three knockout roses close to my house, and. It froze. We had that freeze in March, the deep, deep freeze. Yeah. And all the leaves froze, and nothing has happened since. So I keep waiting to see those little buds swell. Yeah. And none of them are swelling. The The stems are green, but I just have a bunch of sticks, whereas every other rose, I don't know, in Georgia has all <laughs> sprouted leaves, and mine are still looking kind of naked. So. I don't know why, but I think they are dead. I think yeah, whatever. I keep reading, you can't kill them, but apparently I, I, did. I didn't think you could kill them from cold weather, but I think you've proved the point that you can, Sharon. Okay. Um, if anything, I might cut them down to 12 inches high just to see so they're not so ugly with the bare branches around the landscape. But uh, if you don't have any buds right now, the chances of that being a healthy knockout rose is pretty remote. Okay. I'll just go ahead and replace them. Yeah, I think you're safer to do that. Go to Pike Nursery, and they got skidillions, again, using that word. they got skidillions of knockout roses that you can buy at Pike. Okay. Thank you very much. Sharon, thanks so much for calling. We've got Michelle in Tyrone, Georgia, and she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Michelle. Good morning. Hey. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm fabulous. Well, how can we help? Well, um, we're heading over to Pike's, and I was wondering if it's a good idea or safe to plant annuals, specifically lantana, and some perennials between the showers today? Or do I need the ground dry to no. dry out some? If, it, if the soil is already worked up, if you already softened the soil beforehand, today would be fine to plant. But if you're doing a new bed where you know you're going to have to add some organic matter and you're going to have to do shovel work there or tiller, ooh, soggy soil will not result in anything fun to plant in. Okay, so it is prep, so I, I'll be okay. If it's prep, Ashton, you agree? Sure, she can plant some. Yeah, it, you know, it, 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 plants do not appreciate being planted in, uh, you know, standing water. Obviously, <laughs> you know, where there's, uh, and so if you've got an area that's not well drained, you might want to wait till it's, it's drained. But uh, if but, if it, but if it's a raised bed and if it's yeah. prepped, and you can do it without. Uh, you know, it's the old squeeze test. If you squeeze the soil and make a ball and drop it from your head down to the ground, and it, it doesn't fall apart. Yeah. Then that soil probably ought to dry out a little bit. Yeah. Okay. All well, right. I'll put I'll put that on my head shortly. <laughs> between, <laughs> between the showers today, that's where you'll be. Michelle and Tyrone is out there planting your annuals and perennial between the raindrops as they fall from the sky. Thanks for calling, Michelle. It's seven forty-eight. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. 
This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. You know, it's not raining here right now, but it's probably raining at your house right now. And it's going to rain off and on throughout the day. If you want some place to go, hey, go to Pike. Pike's got lots and lots and lots of pretty flowers, and maybe tomorrow will be a little bit sunnier. You can work up the soil a little bit and plant your flowers then, but today will be a fine day to go to a Pike underneath the awnings and the, and the greenhouse cover that they have. As far as weather goes today, pretty much rain and cloudy all day long. 50% chance of showers, and uh, that means you get some and I get some. We'll get some during the day. Highs in the mid-70s and overnight. Let's go down to the low 60s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News Talk WSB. Let's see how we William. William's in Jefferson, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden with a good grass question. William, hey, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? We need a real short question here, William. So what do you need? Well, I, we have two weeks until we have a uh, get-together at my home. Yeah. My wife wants some grass planted. We have a, something forward. I wanted to know what's the best thing to put out. Will anything come up in two weeks? And if not, um, is, is it okay to go ahead and see Bermuda right now? Like, will rye come up or anything like that? Yeah. The, the, what's going to come up the fastest will be something like a perennial ryegrass, so a seed blend that has perennial ryegrass in it. Uh, the fescues will be just a little bit slower. But, uh, you know, in two weeks, you, you're you going to get some a little bit of green, but I, you're not going to – it's not going to look like a lawn unless you maybe put some sod down. A sod is going to be my blood. suggestion. Can you put sod down, William? Uh Probably not, because if we sod, we'll have to sod the whole yard. We just uh, want something to cover up the mud right now for just right off the patio. Well, and you could uh, mulch it. You could mulch it for sure. I mean, you know, get yeah. some bags of mulch and... Uh and that would be cheap and easy. And it would be cheap and easy. And you could actually even get uh, some potted plants and, and, and uh, you know, flowers and just kind of make them look like they were growing there. <laughs> so fake them off, William. That's what we're suggesting is fake them off when the people come to your house. Use that the mulch be- to cover the ugly soil. And, uh, a, few, I, and a, few, a few potted plants stuck uh, down in the ground look yeah. like they were growing there all year. But two weeks is really short to get anything. You need like a month. Cover. You need about a month. You need four weeks. Yeah. Okay. Well, is it okay to go ahead and seed um, Bermuda and just hay over it and that can cover the mud? Mm, if you put enough hay to cover the mud, you're not going to let the Bermuda You're not going to get the Bermuda up. Not gonna and you don't want some of that yellow tape around there that says don't walk on this area while there's right. people there. That's ugly too. <laughs> If you can afford the side, if you can afford something, William, that's what I think is best. If you can't, then maybe the bluegrass or, I think, very best suggestion, mulch. Be the, the ryegrass, yeah. that, Or ryegrass, that's right. But uh, the mulch over everything. And uh, maybe wait till after the party. It's just two weeks away. you got plenty of time to plant Bermuda seed after that. And don't plant seed until you've raked all the hay and all the mulch and everything off of there and taking those poor uh, flowering plants out as well. <laughs> and, then, and then plant the Bermuda around the first week or so in May. That's what I think I'd do. It's 7.58 at News Talk WSB. More lawn and garden right after news.